0: This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast.
1: I am... So excited to share this uh, special episode with you today. This is a little bit unconventional. It's a little uh, different episode than what we normally do. This is actually a recording of a message that I recently preached at The Well Los Osos. That's a local church over in Los Osos, California, Central Coast, California. And you can find the church, uh, you can find their website. It's uh, thewelllososos.com. That's The Well, and then Los Osos, dot com. Los Osos. And I've been privileged to be part of this church for a few years now. And they are digging the well, that's their mission, digging the well, preaching the gospel and equipping people. And so if you want to learn more about the church, please check them out online. If you want to see the video uh, version of this podcast, it is up on their YouTube channel. So that would be the Well Los Osos on YouTube. If you'd like to see me <laughs> preaching and making, making funny hand gestures the whole time. Now, before we get into the message, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our unstoppable Patreon supporters and our Patreon partners. We are currently doing some work in Kenya, Africa, and I want you to be aware that your funds are being used to really change the lives of people on another continent. It's, it's so cool that your you know, your contributions can do things. And also, of course, you're, you're funding the podcast. So thank you for our partners. If you're not yet an unstoppable partner, please prayerfully consider it. Join the mission. I mean, if we had, if we had more people, oh my gosh, it'd be awesome. We could, we could really do some really cool stuff here. So I do encourage you, please prayerfully think about it. Please check it out at patreon.com/slash unstoppable blog and see what we're doing there and see what God is is doing through this work. It's awesome. We're we're having fun and God's faithful and He's and He's leading us and we have big vision and big dreams. So more on that if you're part of the email list and also on Patreon. But I'm really excited because this is a this is going to be a good episode. I, I really do believe you're going to learn something brand new from the Word of God today. The message was about Pentecost and kind of, you know, the history of Pentecost and God's heart about Pentecost. And so I'm not just starting in the New Testament, like, okay, this is what happened in Pentecost and let's learn something. And let's just focus on, you know, just the mechanics. Like normally I would probably be preaching and teaching about the mechanics of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the New Testament precedent. But in this one, as I was praying about this message, leading into it, I really felt the Lord leading me to show people and to really bring to the surface his heart concerning Pentecost and how Pentecost is nothing new, right? We think of it as, okay, we we talk about Pentecost like, oh, that's Acts chapter two, you know, but in reality, Pentecost started so much, so much further back than that, where it really was after the Israelites came out of Egypt, the Exodus, after they crossed the Red Sea, the initial phases of what we now call Pentecost came to be on Mount Sinai. And so I really, really want you to, you know, turn on your listening ears today and just Get ready to receive something from the word of God today because he is speaking to his people through the Bible. Absolutely believe that the Bible is God's word. The Bible is relevant today. And, you know, in the New Testament, it says that the things that were written beforehand, meaning the Old Testament and these stories and these, these expressions of God's heart and all these types of, you know, feasts, feast days, which we're going to go into in the message today, the feast days and the different symbols and the Jewish, you know, Jewish culture, those things were written for our instruction. And those things are actually types and shadows of Jesus and of salvation and, and beautiful, wonderful, grace-filled things that we get to experience today. So, I think you're going to find this a very rich, rich message. You might have to listen to it a couple times to really get all the meat out of it. Um, I've been told that it was really good, you know, but there was just, there was a lot of content, you know, <laughs> a lot of stuff in there. So, I, I, I will give you that warning. So, glad you're listening. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's get right into it. And I hope you're ready to learn something about the story of Pentecost and God's heart for intimacy with his people. Um, well, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Justin Self. While I'm introducing myself real quick, will you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 6? Exodus chapter 6. I, um, so I was born and raised in a Nazarene church, and I absolutely love my church. I grew up in the most wonderful, wonderful church, and I have nothing bad to say about my church. I absolutely love my home church. They taught us the Word of God. They taught us how to read the Bible. They taught us the relationship with the Lord and that has stuck with me so deeply. But the thing about our church is we were not taught much about the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> which was actually kind of a good thing for me. I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit except for he convicts you of something, you know, and and, and he helps you with, with life. And I said, that's awesome, that's great. But I didn't have any weird teaching about like... Um, I mean, well, I, call, I would have called it weird, you know, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I didn't have anything either for it or against it. And so I know some of you listening, many of you listening have had teaching that, are, that says, you know, okay, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, those types of things are wrong. Others of you have had no teaching on it like me. And then yet others of you have had teaching where it's like, yeah, this is awesome. This is good. We're Pentecostals. We're flopping on the floor. We're saying hallelujah, the whole thing, right? So, so I, know, I know I'm speaking to everybody in this room. And so my, my objective today is it's called Redemption, Revelation, and God's Heart Through the Outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so what I wanna do is I wanna take us through the Bible and I'm gonna try to get 6,000 years in 30 minutes. It's, man, I hope, I hope you're praying for me. But um, I really feel like the Lord is calling us to understand what the day of Pentecost is from his heart and from his point of view. And so I think this is going to be really helpful. I do believe that if you engage and you, you are hungry for the word of God and you're hungry for what God has for you today, you're going to come away with something. And, You've you've also also already noticed that I have a very different style than our pastor, and that's okay. And you should love your pastor. I love our pastor, and you should love his style. And that's why we're all here is because we love him and we love his style. And so some of you are going to love my style. Some of you are going to be like, dude, get out. When is Josh coming back? And that's okay. I can handle that. But my encouragement today is the Lord is setting, setting a table out for us today, me included, all of us. He's setting a table out. And my encouragement is when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, eat. Eat what he has for you today from the Word of God. And um, I'm going to do the same. I'm really excited. So, Hag Shavot Sameach. Happy Pentecost is what that means in, in the Hebrew. Hag uh, Shavot Sameach. I've been practicing that. This is a holiday that is spoken of in the Old Testament. And I want to basically talk about how God's heart in the Old Testament and how he took his people Israel through the Red Sea and led them into Pentecost or Shavuot applies to us today. And so I believe we're all going, this is, this is an opportunity for a deeper level of communication with the Holy Spirit, a deeper level with the Holy Spirit. And so speaking of deeper levels, so my wife and I, um, when we were still dating, I believe, I wanted to impress her. So I took her out on my boat. How many of you guys have a boat and you impress your wives with a boat? that was me. Um, I had a boat and I was like, all right, cool. And so I take her out on this boat. <clears throat> I had to borrow a truck to do it because I didn't have a truck. And so we drive out two and a half hours out into the, literally in the wilderness. This is up in Washington state. This is at, it's called Coldwater Lake. It's right underneath Mount St. Helens. It's really beautiful and quiet and nobody was out there and it's a protected area because you know, the, the explosion and all that. So we get up there. There's no cell service or anything. And, and, and I back the thing into the water. Everything's cool. I get her on the boat, you know, and, and we were just pulling out of the, the, the boat launch and I dropped the truck keys into the lake. And this was a borrowed truck, right? I didn't think to like borrow two sets of keys. I just borrowed one set of keys. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, wow, we're out of cell service, man. We're way up in the middle of nowhere. I just dropped the keys. And so I looked at the fish finder and I'm like, okay, cool. This is 25 feet deep. You know, I said, I think I can do that. I think I can make that. You know, I, I swam like as a kid, you know, and so I, I'm, I'm impressing this woman, of course, and I'm also stranded, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I stripped down a little bit, not too much, and I, and I dove down this thing, and man, I'm telling you, I did it. I made 25 feet. It was awesome. And if you've ever been 25 feet deep, you know, man, it is no joke. Like at least me, my head was rushing. It felt like a freight train in my head. And I'm like, what is this craziness? I hear blood rushing and I'm thinking I'm going to die here. And I made it to 25 feet. But the problem is, is that it was so, it was clear. It's called Coldwater Lake and it was extremely clear and extremely cold but with my eyes and whatever was going on i still couldn't see well enough to find the keys and i'm like groping around and i'm freaking out and i'm running out of air and i'm like i gotta get out of here and so i go back up i gave it two tries you know and i, and I couldn't get the keys i could see them from up above because it was clear and i could see it but when i got down there i just lost track and i couldn't see it and so my solution was well let's just go fishing all day have fun um but before that i ran out to the road and i ended up running down the highway to where i got cell service called my parents hey, uh, can you meet up with my friend so-and-so, see if he's got a truck key. Yeah, this is where we're at. Oh, yeah, it's two and a half hours away. Hopefully you're not busy today. And they came out, and they they were so good to us, and they drove out and and dropped off the keys. And I said, oh, and by the way, bring a dive mask while you're at it, just for fun. You know, I want to give this thing another shot. So they get there. We we fish all day. They get there, and I put the dive mask on, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And by this time, there's a couple other people at the boat launch watching and laughing. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I dived down there, and man, with my dive mask, one shot, I got it. Picked up those keys, one shot. Came right back up. Got the keys, you know. And so, <laughs> deeper level, okay, what does that have to do anything? I want to share with you something really cool. When you're down there, and you're underwater, and, 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 and you don't have the dive mask, there's a lack of clarity, right? And so, what I want to encourage you today with is this. The spirit and the word. The spirit and the word. There's a marriage between the spirit and the word. When you have the mask on of the Holy Spirit, you can see the word more clearly. And likewise, when you have the mask of the word of God on, you can interpret and walk in the spirit more clearly. Isn't that good? Deeper things. Deeper things today. Marriage of the spirit and the word. All right. So my my assignment today is to encourage and build you up in the word of God. Okay, redemption, revelation, and outpouring. Those are... um, Christian words, right? So let me just break that down really quickly. So redemption is actually from the word, there's a, there's a Greek word, and it literally means to pluck someone away from the, the auction block. Did you know that? That's literally what the word means in the Greek, redemption. It actually means ek, which means to pluck someone away from. And then the second word is agarizzo, which literally is a picture of a slave auction block. And so when you've been born again, and when you've received Jesus Christ, and you say, oh, I've been redeemed, I've received redemption, you're literally describing what actually happened in the spirit. He actually plucked you off of the auction block of Satan. And so that's my encouragement today. If you're not born again, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your savior, I, you, you gotta do it. This is it, man. I mean, you're on the auction block. This is, this is what the Bible says when it talks about, you know, you're a, you're a slave of sin and all these things. That's literally what is happening. Your, your spirit is actually not alive. Your spirit is actually physically dead. It's, it's under the, 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 the control of the enemy. And when you say yes to Jesus, you're literally allowing him to buy you off of the auction block. Revelation. It's uncovering or making something visible. This is the picture of if I looked out that window and I had a blind up, it's, 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 I can't see out the window. Revelation is the picture of you pulling the blind away and I can see through the window and I can see that which was already there. It was there the whole time. I just couldn't see it. Revelation, boom, the, the veil is gone. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing today revealing things to us. And then the outpouring is the day of Pentecost, which we're going to get into. Did you guys guys find Exodus six yet? If you didn't find it yet, you're probably never will. So (laughs) let me pray and then we'll get started. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, we're ready to receive something from your word today. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit is revealing the word to us, revealing Jesus to us, and that we are gonna walk out of here knowing you in a deeper way. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Shavuot. Okay, I just said it's called Shavuot. Festival of weeks. It's also an agricultural holiday, meaning first fruits. This is when we celebrate the first harvest of your, of your, um, of your garden. Spiritual uh, meaning to this is the giving of the Torah. We're going to get into that. Does anybody know, by the way, I have a question for you. Does anybody know why it's called Pentecost or why, what the word Pentecost means? 50 days. Good. That's exactly right. Pentecost, it means 50 in the Greek. And it is a, the reason we're celebrating it today, by the way, is because it's exactly 50 days since Passover. And so 50 days after um, Moses led the Jews out of Egypt through the Red Sea and, and to Mount Sinai, it was exactly 50 days, the day that God gave them the law, give them the Torah. And so let's go to Exodus 6. This is before they went through the Red Sea. This is while they're still in, in, um, in, in Egypt. And I want to show you something really powerful about that. Point number one, I'm going to go through a couple points here today. Okay. So if you're taking notes, I do have, I do have some points. Point number one, Pentecost is about a marriage, a marriage. We're going to see that in just a moment. Exodus chapter six, this is verse two and three. It says, and God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty, but my name, Lord, I was not known to them. In the English, that's not so clear. So let's go into the Hebrew. It says, and God spoke to Moses and said unto him, I am Yahweh or Jehovah. I'll explain that in a minute. Verse three, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob as El Shaddai, but by my name Yahweh, I was not known unto them. And so when God was making himself known to mankind and actually, let me back up. Uh, made known to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he only introduced himself as, as El Shaddai, God Almighty. This is a description or a distinguishing characteristic of his supremacy. Okay, so he, this is a time when there's pagan worship, there's all this stuff going on. God is saying, hey, I'm God. You know, I'm, I'm the Almighty God. I'm the one and only God. I'm supreme. I'm awesome. I'm better than all the other gods. You need to know me that way. He didn't reveal himself as Yahweh until Moses. This is really important for us to understand, okay? Yahweh, Jehovah, and distinguishes his nature. Okay. This is the proper name of God. So we have almighty God, which is supremacy. And then we have Yahweh, which is his proper name, which actually talks about his nature, intimacy. That's what I'm getting at. He's revealing himself to his people in a more intimate way at this point. Do you see that? Do you see how he starts out saying, Hey, I'm awesome. I'm supreme. This is all you need to know about me right? And then later, now, he, now he's like, okay, I'm moving into a closer relationship with my people. I want marriage, right? This is all about marriage. Pentecost is a marriage. I want more closeness with my people. I want to know them. I want them to know me by my proper name. Let's get more personal. This is like getting on, on a deeper than first name basis with somebody, okay? This is really, really good. Pentecost number two is for every believer. One thing about Pentecost or Shavuot and the Jewish culture is for the last 49 days, the Jews will be reading the book of Ruth and the synagogues. They'll be reading the book of Ruth. I mean, the whole time it's called the counting of the Omer and they are be reading the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is all about a Moabite princess who marries a Jew. (laughs) That is insane in that culture, especially in Jewish culture in Bethlehem to have a Jewish woman being married to a, a, a Jewish man, a leader in the community being married to a Moabite woman that is downright scandalous. That is gnarly. That is no joke. That does not happen. Moabite, I mean, Moab, they were commanded to wipe these guys out. And yet Boaz, the great grandfather of um, King David, you know, was married to Mo- a Moabite woman. Can you guys see how we as a people were Moabite women? Do, do you see what I mean by that? We were, we were estranged. We were completely without God. We were completely without hope. And yet God himself through Jesus Christ has, has brought us into a marriage. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We were completely outside it. Oh, that's ministering to somebody. Come on. Pentecost is for every believer, Ruth and Israel. It's beautiful. I want to draw some parallels between Sinai and Pentecost. So we have God redeeming his people. So let me back up. They go through the Red Sea. That's deliverance, okay? Right? That's deliverance. That's that's the redemption part they're totally saved. <laughs> they're completely saved. Israel is completely and totally, utterly saved after the Red Sea, but they're not brought into a deeper relationship with the Lord until Sinai. There's two experiences here. Those of you, some of you know where I'm going with this. There's two experiences here. There's being saved, and then there's bringing brought into intimacy and partnership and power with the Holy Spirit, as we see in a, in a few moments in, in New Testament times. And this was cool because Pastor Randy shared this a few minutes ago. He was talking about us preparing our hearts and kind of coming before the Lord and, and all these things. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, you're so good. Because that's what the Israelites did. They, um, they had to wash themselves. They had to, they had to prepare themselves like a marriage. So I want to show you a picture of one of the Jewish wedding um, ornaments. This is called a chupa chuppah. And this literally is a... Is a blanket, I guess, or a towel or this, this, this beautiful curtain that you hang over your when, when they're getting married. This is a picture of the clouds of glory that were over Mount Sinai when they were receiving the law, when the people were receiving the law. This is a marriage thing. There's so many analogies here to the marriage. The next one is called the mikvah. Mikvah. This is a bath and that the Jewish man and woman, before they get married, they would go and take a ritual bath together to cleanse themselves of their former sins, their former lives, and coming into a fresh relationship together on a clean slate. On the Mount of Mount Sinai, three days before the law was given, God spoke to the people and said, "You need to wash yourselves." Stay stay pure. Don't be sexually impure. None of this stuff. Wash your clothes. Wash yourself. Now, what I want to encourage you with today is when we come into this deeper dimension of the Holy Spirit today for Pentecost, you don't have to go through all the rituals. You don't have to fulfill all these things. You don't have to wash yourself. You don't even have to come to him perfectly figured out. What it is, is it's a pure heart. You're coming before him with a pure heart, a pure and holy heart to receive what he has for us. That's what he was after with the people at Sinai. He said, my people come to me, wash yourselves, get ready. And they had to get ready and purify their hearts to see the Lord. Marriage of the spirit and the word. I want you to go in your Bibles now to John chapter 14. I am jumping around a little bit. It's because there's so much tapestry, right? Woven into the whole scripture on these subjects. And so we're going to bounce around a little bit. John chapter 14 and verse 16. I want you to notice something. I want you to get a pen out if you can. And if you have a Bible that you can write in, I want you to circle a word here. Okay, so John chapter 14, verse 16. This is Jesus talking and he says, I will pray the father And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I want to to remind you of something. This is Jesus's last message to his disciples before he went up to heaven. Can you imagine that the last thing that you say to your people after three and a half years of ministering to them and building them up, and you're about to hand this thing off to these ragtag group of people, right? And you're about to hand this thing off, the kingdom of heaven to these guys. Don't you think that the last couple things he says to them is going to kind of be important? This is the last thing he's saying to his disciples and it's three chapters on the Holy Spirit. 14, 15, and 16 chapters of the book of John. And he says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's verse 15 and I'll read 16 again. I will pray the Father and he will give you another, circle that word another or, or underline it in your Bible, another helper that he may abide with you forever. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. That word another is the Greek word alos, alos. And this is the most amazing word this literally means one of two pieces, one of two pieces, or an, if there's two identical pieces, this is one of them. Okay. So he's saying, I will give you another helper. He's saying, I will give you an identical piece to me, right? He's getting ready to leave them. And so he's, this is why later he says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Cause if I don't go away, I don't, I don't get to send you the Holy spirit. And so this is Jesus literally saying, I am one of two pieces. The Holy Spirit is going to represent me and be exactly to me, precisely uh, what I am to you. That was kind of wordy, but he, he's one of two pieces. This word alas is also used in Matthew chapter five in the Beatitudes. Or, sorry, not the Beatitudes, um, excuse me. It says, but I say unto you that you do not resist evil, but whoever uh, would smack you on the right cheek, you turn to him the other, alas, the other also, Right? one of two pieces. You cannot understand one without the other. You understand that this to be part of of, of two pieces. So this is the marriage of the spirit and the word, okay? Jesus is called the word. I want you to notice the marriage of the spirit and the word, the marriage of God's people at Sinai and, and this marriage of the Holy Spirit. And it's beautiful because I think for me, When I first got into, I guess, got into, I don't know, when I first started hearing about praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit and people laying hands on people and getting healed and people falling over, I thought it was crazy, I really did. And some of you are like, yeah, it is, because it is crazy, Dustin, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) And other people are like, dude, it's fine, it's normal. I'm, I'm not kidding you, I had never seen anything like that in my life. And I saw people falling over on the floor and I'm like, hey, hey, what's up with this business? You know what I'm saying? What's up with this praying in tongues business? Like, this is crazy. But for me, I got into the Bible. I just was like, you know what? I don't know anything about this stuff. I've never been taught anything about it. I'm just gonna get to the word. I I know the word is true and that's all I know. And so I just went, I I went after it and I, I got into the word of God. And I saw in the book of Acts, I saw the tongues of fire. I saw the glory of God. I saw people praying in tongues and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, there must be something to this. you know. And so then as time went on, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a marriage here. There's a balance here between the spirit and the word. They agree. They always work together. You know, you can get off into one ditch on one side. You can get off on on the other side. You can get off into some Pentecostal church that's just out there, and they're not in the Word at all. They're not preaching the Word. They're not teaching the Word. They're over here just in the Spirit, and that's fine to a degree. But if you're if you're not grounded in the Scripture, you're off base. If you're doing things that are outside of Scripture, you're completely out off base. Now, on the same side, on the same same side of the coin, or I guess the opposite side of the coin, we have these churches over here that, man, they know the Word. They are all about the Word. You know, praise God, they are doing it. They know salvation in and out. They know the word, but they're dry and they're dry as an old, you know, something. Dry dry as an old (laughs) bundle of firewood, I guess. I don't know. They need a spark. You know what I'm saying? We need a spark up in here. Not this church. So it's it's in the middle. The balance is in the middle, right? You have the spirit and the word. They agree. They always agree. And that's that's what we're seeing here. So God is bringing the Torah to his people and he's also bringing the spirit to his people on Pentecost. Pentecost is a partnership. Point number three, it's a partnership. I'm not going to go through all of my scriptures for the sake of time, but what I want you to understand is that, so it's a partnership and it's an equipping. So I want to show you the partnership part. God revealed as Yahweh implying action. Yahweh and Jehovah, the name Jehovah actually implies action. It implies he's going to do something, which is what we see, okay? He says, I am Jehovah, watch all the plagues that I'm going to bring on Egypt. So now he goes from being this all encompassing supreme God who's just the top dog. Now he's like, Hey, I'm coming down. I'm getting business handled. I'm doing something. So Jehovah is actually connected to his works. And so that's a partnership thing. Holy Spirit, Holy spirit brings power to act in Acts chapter one, verse eight talks about you shall receive power when the Holy ghost comes upon you. And then you shall use that power to go be my witnesses right? So this is a divine partnership thing. And so what we see is a, is a picture of a wedding, right? You, you have God and his people. You have the Holy Spirit in the word. You have, you have the church and God coming into this divine marriage. He, he really, he wants intimacy with us, but not just for the sake of intimacy alone. He wants intimacy for a partnership, right? How beautiful is it when you have a husband and a wife together who are walking in their calling together, right? Who are called of God to do something together. You know, God doesn't just call the husband and, and alone to be a pastor and a preacher or something and the wife, okay, you're just supposed to stay home and, and make babies. That's not God's will. God's will is that they work together. They grow together. They build something together. We're, we're meant to be builders as a couple, as couples and as, as, as married people, you know? And if you're not married, I get that. That's, that's okay. I'm not, this doesn't exclude you. Okay, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying in the picture of marriage between a man and a wife, wife, there's supposed to be this divine partnership where we grow together, we learn together, but we also affect culture together. We change lives together. That's God's ultimate plan and passion. And we see that in the book of Song of Solomon. It's beautiful. If you study it sometime, you can see this progression. It's not just only about natural love and affection. You see the bride of Christ in that book from a lowly place. You see her from a nobody. She's She's dark and she's sinful and she doesn't even know her own self. By the end of the book, she's walking in power with Solomon and she's looking out and she's making decisions. She's walking in authority. Ring a bell? Hey, come on. That's us. That's the church. It's an equipping. It's an equipping. You guys recall how Peter the, uh, the apostle Peter was before he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, before the tongues of fire came, right? He was, Jesus, I'm gonna be with you to the end. I'm not gonna leave you at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing, you know, we're good. I'm, I'm gonna be with you until death. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know, not so much. <laughs> not so much, bud, sorry. Here's what's gonna happen. He lays it out and Peter's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm never gonna forsake you. Jesus is like, I love you, bro. Just, just don't say anything else. <laughs> Stop putting that foot in that mouth, you know? <laughs> And so Peter fails, right? Peter totally walked away. Peter totally, I mean, he just totally folded under pressure. But look what happened in the book of Acts. Turn with me to Acts, please. Chapter two. Finally, we're to Pentecost. Yes. So I I kind of made it happen. Like I went through 6,000 years, sort of, or like 4,000 years. A little bit. I know those of you who are more studious are like, dude, come on. Um, oh, by the way, if you do want my notes, I do have more, more comprehensive notes on all this. If I were to go through my, everything I have on my notes, we'd be here for over an hour. And so don't worry, Pastor, I won't be doing that. I'm skipping through a lot of stuff here. And that's okay. Acts chapter two, man, look at this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Did you know, by the way, in the next, the next rest of this verse, I'm sure you're aware, most of you are aware, it goes on to say that as they were speaking in tongues, these were 120 people, they were speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and all these uh, Jews from all over the areas, the regions, heard them speaking in their own language, right? And they heard them saying, oh, you know, these guys are worshiping God, they're, just, they're giving the good works of God, they're glorifying God, you know? It may interest you to know, the reason why those Jews were in Jerusalem at that time was because of Shavuot, It was the festival of Shavuot. This is one of three major festivals. You have Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. We'll go into Sukkot in just a moment. But those are the three major festivals where everybody needs to, all the male Jewish people need to come to Jerusalem to worship. And so we have all those people there ripe for the harvest, literally, you know, and then Peter stands up full of boldness, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. He speaks a message. 3,000 people get born again in one day. Hey, I like that. That's what I'm talking about. I have not seen that yet. <laughs> not, 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 not quite that much. So, so we, have this, we have this divine partnership. We have this empowerment. We have, and then the rest of the book of Acts, we have these people going out who once were fearful and timid, then they go out in, invigorated by the power of the Holy Spirit. They've, they've received something. Now, I want you guys to notice something. Let's skip one more time. I, I bet I can camp out here for the rest of the time. Acts chapter eight, okay? Acts chapter eight, and I'm going to go, I'm going to start on verse four. So what happened is they started preaching the word and then persecution comes and then they get spread out, right? How many of you know that when persecution comes, the people of God rise up and, and we're able to, something happens in us and we're bold and we're just able to get it out. You know, we're able to minister the word of God. I believe we're going to see that in these last days. I believe that as we see more things coming in America and all over the world, I mean, in the world, my goodness, there's some crazy things happening out there, but praise God we're, we're, where we are and we're, I'm just thankful we can even um, gather like this. This is awesome. You know, I know a man who I, I just, it's just funny. Like even, even just saying glory to Jesus, like we take that for granted here. Like we don't think anything of it. There's a man I know who, um who's a former Muslim. This is in the Northern part of Kenya. I met him on my, my most recent trip over there. And, this man is—he's um, so sweet. He's just the most precious man. And every time you see him, he just says, "Glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus." You know, praise be to Jesus. And I'm like, "Why? Is, you know, that's cool. Like, guys, obviously, that like, guy's like been touched by the Lord. Like, that's cool, you know." And my buddy Peter says, "No, no, you gotta understand, man. This guy was a former Muslim. They excommunicated him from the from the culture. His family gave him up. They wanted to kill him. He had to escape for his life. Not only that, but he planted six underground churches." <laughs> To this day, I just text, I actually just talked to this guy a couple um, weeks ago. He's got, right now he's got six underground churches in Northern Kenya slash Somalia area. Hey, why? Why are they growing? And they're, they're flourishing over there. They're seeing things happen. Praise be to Jesus. When he says praise be to Jesus, it's a declaration. He's like, I can say that because my God is enough. He's like, I'm seeing it happen. We're being persecuted. I can't say that openly, but I can say it, you know, around you guys, you know? And so he just says it every time, every chance he gets. Man. Persecution spreads the gospel, so I'm excited about that. I, I really am. Okay, so uh, we're on Acts chapter eight. What I'm what I'm getting at here is so let me let me just tell you where I'm going with this, so that it's not so it's not uh, convoluted or anything. What I want to point out is that we have these people who receive Jesus. Okay, you can receive Jesus, you can be saved, you can be redeemed, and yet you're still there. There's there's a deeper dimension. There's a deeper level with the Holy Spirit that you can go. And I really want to encourage you. It's not about works. It's not about, oh, well, what, what do I do? You know, do I have, what kind of checkbox do I have to get to be deeper with God, you know? No, it's not that. That's, that's not where we're going with this. We're going into a love relationship with the Lord. He wants to woo us as a lover. He wants to bring us into this deep place. Check this out. Verse five of the eighth chapter of the book of Acts. Excuse me, verse four. Therefore, those who were scattered... Went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things that were spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. People should be hearing and seeing the miracles that you do because you're a born again Christian, because you're a child of God, right? They should be hearing and seeing. That means results. We're not just about results. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we're, we have a spreadsheet and it's like, oh, did I see a miracle today? Nope, fail, right? It's not that, but we should, we, we actually should. You know, the Bible says in, in Mark chapter 16, these signs will follow them that believe. We should have signs following us. That's not meant to condemn us. I, I know I would, I mean, when I first had this realization, I'm like, oh, I'm so condemned. It's not condemning. This is calling us up to a higher place. We should be seeing signs and wonders following us as, as believers in Christ, Okay. So they hear and they see the miracles, which he did. Awesome. Uh, Check this out. Now I'm going to skip down here to verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, pause. If you receive the word of God and they preached Christ unto you and you receive Christ, does that mean you're born again? Not trick question. You're born again. If you receive Christ and, and you receive the word, so these people in Samaria had received the word, they've received Christ, and so they've, they've been born again. We can say that these people have been born again. They've been redeemed. Look at this. When they heard that they had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come in, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now this is messing with somebody. Stick, stick with me, stick with me, okay? Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, yes, the Holy Spirit comes in. Absolutely, he comes to live with us. The Bible says that he comes to dwell in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So these people that received Christ, they didn't, it's not that they didn't have the Holy Spirit at all, they did, they had him living on the inside. Just like all of, if you're a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. If you don't have Christ, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's all there is to it. So what I'm saying here applies to people who have already received Christ. Okay. When you have received Christ, then it says, then they sent them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they already had the Holy Spirit, right? What's up with that? Come on. Somebody's thinking this, right? I know somebody's like, dude, come on, you're taking this too far. No, no, no. Listen, I'm an engineer. Come on. This is how I think. This doesn't work for me. You can't, you can't have the Holy Spirit and then not have the Holy Spirit, right? You either have them or you don't. So, so I'm sciencing this out, right? Come on, science with me, nerd with me on this. They received the word of Christ. They received God. In 1 Peter, it talks about how you are born again through incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. So you're born again through the word of God. They have it. And then it says prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Okay. So the spiritual mechanics are like this. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Remember how Jesus in the book of John, he breathed on the disciples and he said, "Receive the Holy Spirit?" That was them getting born again. Cuz he had already ascended, right? He had already died on the cross and resurrected at that point. Therefore, it was possible to become a Christian. Then he says receive the first thing he did, literally, it's the first thing he did. He says, "Man, Come on, guys. I'm right here. I'm right here. Before you do anything else, come here. <sighs> but receive the Holy Spirit. You remember in the book of Genesis where God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, right? Breathe the breath of life. That's the difference between us and a parrot and an animal and, a, and an ox or something, right? We have the breath of life in us. The, 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 the breath of God, the actual spirit of God has been breathed into us. Adam lost that through sin and then when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he breathes on us again, breathes into us again that breath of life, revives our spirit, and now we're, now we're born again. That's what it means to be born again. Your spirit was dead, and now it's born again. Sounds funny, right? Born again, but your, your spirit gives life. Somebody just learned something in here. Somebody just learned something up in here. Awesome. That's good. And so then when you receive the Holy Spirit, this is different. This isn't him coming on the inside of you. He's already there. This is him coming on you. This is a clothing you with power. In Luke twenty four forty nine, it's an equipping. It's an empowering. Um, the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is literally the word in the Greek for, for uh, uh, well, I won't read it, but it does say you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That word is in duo in the Greek, and it literally means putting on a jacket. means putting something on. So again, engineer mind, right? If you already have the Holy spirit in you, how can you put them on you? I don't put on my kidney. I don't know, or something, you know, you can't put on something that's on the inside. It doesn't work for me, but I can put on something that's out here. So I don't understand physically how it works. Like I don't understand how he can be on the inside of you, but also on the outside. I like it because it means he's like all around. So I like that part. I don't understand how it works, but my encouragement is that, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're hungry, this, I'm circling around here, okay, I'm circling back. If you're hungry for, for what God has for you, if you want a deeper dimension with him, if you want to walk in a deeper place with him, some of you are hungry. Some of you are, are, are dissatisfied. I believe it's a holy dissatisfaction that God's put in you. I do believe God's put it in you. You go to church, you pay your tithes, you do your thing, you're, you're faithful, you serve. Maybe all that's true but you're, you're dissatisfied. Something's missing. Something's not there. You're missing the fire. You, you want more. You don't know how to get it. I believe that's the Lord calling you up to a higher place. He's calling you into this deeper dimension, right? The people of Israel, when they came out of the red sea, they were worshiping God. They were praising God. They said, this is my God. The first time they'd ever said that they never said that before. They didn't recognize him as God before. You guys, you guys got to understand that. After all these years of slavery, they didn't understand that he was their God. They worshiped all the Egyptian gods. They didn't know any better, right? Years and years of slavery had beaten them down. Years of slavery has to have beaten us down. How many of us have old patterns and habits and things that are holding us back and that are keeping us in bondage to certain things, Right. Well, as we're growing in Christ, we're, we're, we're saying no to those things. We're saying yes to Christ. We're saying no to those things. We're getting rid of the idols. We're getting rid of those gods. We're saying yes to the one true God. But how many of you know that Israel wasn't healed? They weren't ready when they came through that, that pathway. They weren't ready to be God's people yet. They had just started the baby step. They had just said yes. You are my God. Salvation, right there. I will receive you. Yes, Jehovah. First time they ever said that word. Jehovah is God. He is my God. To us today, that's receiving Jesus Christ, receiving redemption, boom. But guess what? When you receive redemption, you're not there yet. You're not ready. Guess what? The rest of our lives is growing into a deeper place with the Lord. And for the next 50 days, God took a people who had been oppressed for hundreds of years, who had deeply ingrained patterns of slavery. They had orphan spirits, right? They had the spirit of fatherlessness. How how brutal is that? have the spirit of fatherlessness. You don't get healed of that overnight. You know what I'm saying? That takes years. I mean, that, take, that could take years. It takes time to heal these deep wounds of fatherlessness, of oppression. All they knew was hate and anger and violence. That's all they knew. So God somehow in 50 days, takes an entire people group and heals them to the point where they can step in front of him and have a revelation of his glory. Receives the Torah. He gives them the Torah and the law and basically empowers them. He says, look, this is, this is how you walk with me. I want you, I want you. So in Exodus 20 verses 18 through 21, God invites his people to a place of intimacy. And Israel said, no. They said, nope, no, thank you. They said, we caught a glimpse of your glory. We don't want it. It's too much for us. They did. They saw God. They actually did. I know we we all talk about no one can see God. Go back to Exodus, check it out. Check out how many people saw God. It physically says, it actually says they saw God. They saw his feet. They saw the sapphire uh, like floor under his feet. They saw God. And they said, it's too much for us. Moses, we want you to speak to us. We do not want this intimacy. This God is too much for us. They had never experienced anything like this before. They had the, the gods of, of, of Egypt, a bunch of nobodies, right? You worship, worship this thing that's supposed to cause the rain or whatever. They'd never seen them do anything. But then they saw Jehovah, they saw Yahweh, and they said, this is too much. So they reject intimacy with the Lord. But we have an opportunity here, invitation to intimacy, and Gentiles respond. In Acts chapter 10, we have a Gentile group of people. This is for your study on your own, but We have in the New Testament, an invitation to intimacy. And in Acts chapter 10, they said yes. In Acts chapter two, they said yes. And today we can say yes. We can say yes to a deeper level of intimacy with the Lord. That's my prayer. And my hope is that we say yes to a deeper level of intimacy with the Lord. Something to think about, right? What does that look like for you? So there's four types of people that I'm speaking to today. Number one, you are hearing me and you're not sure why you're here. <laughs> Maybe you aren't even uh, interested in the Lord. I doubt there's very many people like that here, but there's probably somebody, or at least online or listening to my, to my voice right now. You're not interested in the Lord. Maybe you're running from him. Maybe you say, no, forget it. I, I don't even know why I'm listening to this right now. Whatever. God is pursuing you. He's pursuing you. He pursued the Israelites. He heard their cry. He saw what was going on in their life and he's pursuing you just as he pursued them. And he's got a plan to work it out. He knows how messed up you are. <laughs> he knows how messed up we all are. He knows all that stuff, but he wants to bring you into a place of closeness, of fellowship, of love, and, and acceptance through Jesus Christ. That's how we access the Lord today, through Jesus. The second person I'm talking to is interested in the Lord, but you've not yet made that decision to, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Again, I would, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about partnership with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about acting out this thing, you know, of partnership, but not until you receive Jesus. The Bible says in, in John chapter 14, he says, the, Holy, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. So you cannot, if you're, not, if, you're, if you're part of the world, which means you're not a Christian, which means you haven't received Jesus Christ, you actually can't receive the Holy Spirit. So you got to receive Jesus first and then you can receive the Holy Spirit. Do it. <laughs> That's what it's about. Relationship with the Lord. And so I encourage you to to receive Jesus Christ, right? Let him him free you and redeem you from Egypt and take you you through the Red Sea and, and let him breathe his life into you. The third person I'm speaking to today is someone who's a brand new believer. I know there's some people who have been baptized recently in water. And my encouragement to you is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You are now officially qualified. You are now officially ready. You check all the boxes. You are there. That's what the Lord wants for you today. I'm not just making a a weird Pentecostal sales pitch. I'm speaking from experience. Um, My life changed when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had been born again for 24 years and there was not much to show from my life from it. I went to church, I paid my tithes, I worshiped the Lord. I knew he was God, he was Yahweh. Jesus is my Lord, the whole thing, right? I witnessed to people, I did it all, but guess what? I had that hunger on the inside of me that wouldn't go away. Something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And I got a bunch of, around a bunch of crazy people, <laughs> got into the word and I said, hey, okay, this is something. And the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit. It says, Jesus is the one who baptizes the believer in the Holy Spirit. I had been baptized in water but I hadn't been baptized in the Holy spirit. This is analogous to what God did at Sinai. This is a wedding. This is a marriage, marriage between the spirit and the word, marriage between God and his people, marriage um, into intimacy, into into what's next, right? Partnership. And so what happened is after I got baptized in the Holy spirit, I started seeing power. Oh my goodness, I started seeing power happen. I started seeing miracles follow me. I, I didn't, it got to the point where I didn't even try anymore. Seriously, I don't, even try, I don't even try to do it. Why? Because that's not the point. The point is Jesus. The point is, He's the lover of my soul. The point is, He's the one that I wake up for. He's the one I go to bed for. He's the one that I think about every moment that I can. I mean, when I'm not studying <laughs> or doing something else, man. It's Jesus. He's my best friend. But the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Him to me. Holy Spirit reveals everything to me. He speaks those things which are from the Father, and He reveals them unto me. And so when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, I started seeing power happen. I, I, just, I just did. I just started seeing these verses happen. These signs shall follow them that believe. I started seeing demons cast out. I'd never seen that before in my church. We didn't even believe in demons. <laughs> we didn't believe, we didn't really believe in healing, to be honest. We, we say we did, but we really didn't. We, we would you know, pray and we'd kind of throw a prayer out there and just kind of wish for it. And then if it didn't happen, we're like, oh, I didn't think anything would happen. You know, That's where I was, that's, that's, that's kind of the mindset but after being baptized in the Holy Spirit and having this intimate relationship, I started seeing miracles and I'm like, Hey, I can, I can believe God to actually do stuff. Yahweh versus El Shaddai, right? He's the same God. He's still supreme. Okay. But he wants to reveal to some of you today that he's Jehovah, that he's Yahweh, that he's the one who wants to intervene and get in and get busy in your life and show some actual results. Fourth person I'm talking to today is a maturing Christian. You're a believer and maybe you are already baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Maybe you're already seeing the power of God. Maybe you're you know, you've seen these things and I want to encourage you that um, don't, you know, this, it's just because you've had a nice piece of steak once doesn't mean you're never going to have it again. You know what I'm saying by that? Just because you've received the word of God, you've received revelation, you've had a good time in the Lord doesn't mean that you should never have steak again, right? Continue to be encouraged in the Lord. Continue to be built up in the Lord. Study these things out. Spend time in the spirit. Spend time praying in tongues. Ask the Lord to reveal, reveal to you what, what's next. What does he have for you? What's his calling and purpose in your life? you know, those types of things. It's always an honor to share the word and I'm very thankful to Josh for the opportunity. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to, um, again, I can share this with you if you want to take a picture, that's cool. Otherwise, let me know and I can send you some more notes. I have, I have a whole nother batch of, of stuff on, on this uh, that I can share with you via email if you are interested. Otherwise, like I said, we go, we'd go pretty, pretty long here. So let me pray for you in closing here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. Lord, thank you that you're faithful to your word. Father, thank you for taking the initiative. You know, we, we couldn't drum this stuff up. We couldn't make it up. And if we did, we, couldn't, we didn't have, the, we don't have the power to back it up, Lord. We, we couldn't make anything happen on our own. We couldn't save ourselves from sin we couldn't save ourselves from a broken spirit. You initiated Lord, we just responded. Lord, I pray for anybody here today who has not responded to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, that they would make that decision right now, that they would respond right now to what you're doing in their heart. Somebody is feeling something in your your heart right now. Somebody's feeling a burning in your heart to respond. Go ahead and respond, respond to the Lord, respond to what he has for you. He's speaking to you. If that's you, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, go ahead and raise your hand. That's one way to respond. There's no magic formula, but raising your hand is an act of faith. You can move something physical. If you don't want to raise your hand, that's fine. Just come up afterwards. That's also an act of faith. You can come up. We're going to have prayer ministers who are, um, are going to be up here. They can come up now. These are people that pray for me. Thank you for praying for me. Having people pray for you is cool. They, uh, they know how to pray. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe you have something that is going on in your life and you don't know how to pray. Let us pray with you. There's anybody in here who hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, the deeper dimension with the Lord, the Shavot, the Pentecost, this amazing experience of tongues of fire, just the Lord coming down and doing things in your life, satisfying that inward desire. I know there's more than one person in here that, are, that is like that. I know there's, all, there's people in here who have, who have the fire. I know there's people who, ha- who don't have the fire. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you into something that you're not ready for. If you're ready and you're hungry, I encourage you to come and eat. I encourage you to take a step of faith, raise your hand. Let me pray for you, come forward, something. Receive right where you're sitting, whatever, whatever it looks like. But I do encourage you to make a step of faith. So Father, I just pray over those hearts right now that are, that are on the verge of making some sort of decision right now, whether it's about receiving Christ or receiving this deeper dimension with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they're not sure. Maybe they're like, okay, this guy's preaching. Is this really the word? Father, I ask right now that you would fill them with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, that you would bring the scripture alive to them because it's the word that brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not by hearing my stories. My stories are great. Cool. Thank you, Lord, for the stories. But people's faith are going to be built by the word of God. And so Father, I pray that the word of God that's been preached today, something is ministered to somebody today. I pray that the word of God has fallen on soft, fertile soil, that your word is working in them right now. Lord, that your word is working in all of us right now, that we step into a deeper dimension with you. Power. I pray for people right now who have dreams and visions of amazing things in the Lord. There's somebody in here who's had dreams and visions. You're older than I am. I'm not gonna say old. I can't say that, that's not nice you're older than I am <laughs> and, and you've had dreams of, of this type of thing, but it hasn't, you've never seen it yet. You're like, man, I believe the Bible. I believe in the Holy spirit. I believe in power and laying hands on people. I believe in miracles. I'm just, I'm not seeing it. And you're frustrated. I'm praying for you right now. Father God, I pray for that person or those people right now in Jesus name, light them on fire, give them a fire of passion, open up the scriptures to them. Lord Holy spirit, just come on them completely consume whatever it is that they're sacrificing to you right now, that they give to you some part of their heart and that you, you just burn that sacrifice right up. Fall on us, Lord. You see our hearts. You see that we are yielded to you. We just ask that your fire fall and consume. We Just praise you and bless you. I bless this people, Lord, that we'd go forth in power and might and glory, that the brokenness would be healed, that that which is lame and hanging down would be healed that our feet would walk out of here and we would be a beacon of light like was prophesied earlier today. We'd be a beacon of light that we would shine brighter, that we would be a people of power and a people of anointing and a people of glory. That just like Moses, when he came down off of the mountaintop, he actually had to have a veil because the glory of God shone from his face so much. And again, it freaked out the Israelites, but Lord, let there be no veil. Let us not veil the power of God. Let us walk forth and have that shining come out in every area of our life, in Jesus' name. So I bless this people. And Father, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.